Hey guys, welcome to the Georgia Field Hunting Podcast, episode 52, I think. Yep. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian Grossman, here with co-host Robert Nelson, and uh, hey, welcome back, guys. I know it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's been a few weeks for us here, uh, but we're finally back, back from our Kentucky trip, which is what uh, we're going to talk about on this episode, and uh, back back at the podcasting game. Um, gonna... I know we we talked a few weeks ago about getting Michael Chamberlain on here, and the interview fell through. Michael had a, uh, a death in the family and, and had to cancel on us, but we got him rescheduled. So next week, we should have uh, that podcast episode for you. Um, got another guy that has been knocking them down on some Georgia public land that we're going to get on here and uh, put an episode out with him. And then that'll pretty much, I guess, wrap up our, our turkey season there, Robert. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's winding down, man. Uh, I know those uh, those pictures I sent you on what was that Saturday got me fired back up for deer season. Oof. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to deer season. Um, I hate to I hate to say I've just pretty much given up on turkey season. I'm still going to get out there a time or two, but man, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to get those cameras out and just start start planning and and uh, preparing for for deer season. That's right. Yep. I got to knock the dust off the old Matthews <laughs> and make sure I can still shoot that thing. Yeah. You have to come, maybe come down. We shoot the, that 3D course down here that I found the other day. I sent you yeah. the picture. I was like, there's an elk right Oh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That looked pretty real. I was wondering what in the world was going on. Had an elk roaming down there in South Georgia. Well, it's funny when me and my, my wife was with me on Saturday, I was just doing a lot of driving around looking for turkey sign because i was going to hunt on sunday and uh or the friday or saturday whenever we went i can't remember what day it was and uh we were driving by and the i didn't even see the elk the first time we went by that was actually the, the next day when i went back but uh we were driving and there was this buck out there and it had this huge set of horns and i was like dang that's a big old buck and then <laughs> you know I was, and then it hit me i was like no nah, it's may there ain't no way you know and i was I got to looking and realized it was fake. But <laughs> it's like, oh man, <laughs> oh, it got thought, me. thought Mr. Green Jeans was out there <laughs> already working it, working yeah. that decoy. Well, that's what I thought at first. I was like, dang, they got this thing set up, you know, catch a poacher out here shooting deer from the dirt road. And then I <laughs> realized it was a 3D archery course because I saw the 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 shooting stand right there, you know, the marker for the shooting spots and stuff, and yeah, it all click together then but yeah after i realized it wasn't real you know at first i thought maybe it was a fake when they were using to try to catch people shooting them illegally yeah yeah and it all clicked but yeah oh man i'm always up for some 3d archery i like that and uh like i said i definitely need to knock the dust off that matthews and make sure i can still shoot that thing it'll uh i know deer season seems like a long ways out it's a ways out but you know how it is man it'll it'll sneak up on you and be here before you know it yeah i mean uh, you look at it we're in the ballpark of 120 days being back in the tree so Uh, yeah yeah that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) (laughs) so it will be here quick yeah absolutely Hey, before we get too far into the weeds here, I do want to mention that uh, this episode is brought to you by Tethered, uh, makers of the lightest, most advanced saddle hunting system out there. And again, uh, speaking of Tethered, they've kicked off their teach and train sessions uh, across the country. I know I've seen some pictures and stuff popping up of, of ones they've had maybe in Tennessee or 
I, I don't remember. They've had a few already. And uh, But June 5th, mark it on your calendars, uh, June 5th, they'll be having a teach and train session here in Georgia, in Murrayville, Georgia, uh, from 12 noon to 6 p.m. And, uh, yeah, these things are they're really cool. It's just an opportunity. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a free event. You come out there. They do ask that you uh, you you register for it. You can go on their website at tetherednation.com and get signed up. But it doesn't cost you anything. Um, I think they, they feed you at, at most of these. And, and you just get to hang out. You get to check out tether gear and, and kind of get an idea of what saddle hunting is all about. You get to try it out. Um, it's some of these, not sure about the one here in Georgia, but some of them you can bring your bow and there's opportunities to, to shoot your bow and uh, they, they give away gear and have some friendly competition, that kind of stuff. Um, just a good time to get out and, uh, you know, basically shoot the bull with some other, other deer hunters, saddle hunters, and, and check out what saddle hunting is all about. So uh, I would definitely encourage you if you're anywhere in that, that North Georgia area, or if you're willing to make the drive from further, uh, again, mark that on your calendar, June 5th in Murrayville, Georgia. Wish I could say I was going to be there, but uh, <laughs> that that's the day my son's getting married. And so I'm definitely not, not going to miss <laughs> that uh, as much as I'd like to be at the uh, the teaching train session. Um, I know Robert and I are going to try to get one of those um, scheduled ourselves somewhere here in, in South Georgia at, at some point. We need to get with the Tether guys and, and see what we can do about that. But I uh, definitely like to get one of those going down in our neck of the woods and uh, be a great opportunity to to get to meet a bunch of you guys. So we'll we'll keep you posted on how that goes. But um, I think that's about it before we kind of dive into our Kentucky trip. Last few shirts we got left. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm glad you glad you brought that up. Uh, we would we love to go ahead and finish out uh, selling these turkey shirts. We got our patriotic turkey shirts. They're they're pretty much gone other than we have just a few uh we got a couple of large a couple of 2xl i think we got one medium and one 3xl so if any of those if you'll fit into any of those man hop on the website georgiafield.com slash shirt and uh pick one of those up or you can check out our facebook page we got a link on there but we'd love to sell out the last of those and and uh start working on the next one uh, we and we man, we just appreciate every one of you who have uh, who've bought one of those and and helped support what we're doing here. We we truly appreciate it. Yeah, and I'll say with that too, Brian. If if you guys and gals have liked the shirts that we've put out so far, you know, send us a message or leave a comment, you know, somewhere on our social media page and let us know what else you would like to see. You know, whether that's a a hoodie or a quarter zip jacket or a full zip jacket or you know long sleeve shirts, beanies, hats, you know, whatever the case may be that y'all may want. Um, let us know that way, you know, we'll know to be trying to get that stuff and uh, get some designs for those things and then be able to have those out there as well that y'all can get as well. So uh, don't be scared to send us a message or like I said, comment on social media, say, Hey, we'd really like to see a sweatshirt and uh, we can get that in the works as well. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at looking at a lot of different options, looking at some caps and like I said, maybe a hoodie, different stuff like that. Uh some some definitely some t shirts and maybe some original, you know, type funny type messages and stuff on there about hunting or about hunting in Georgia. So we're we'll be working on those and sharing those with you as we uh kind of get those put together. But 
uh, yeah, just just really appreciate uh, all the support you guys have showed us. Um, kind of keeps us motivated to keep us going because we're definitely we're not we're not making anything off the podcast itself. Um, if anything, you know, we're we're spending out of pocket on that just to to keep it running. Uh, but you know, we enjoy it. We enjoy sharing the information and and putting this thing together. And uh, you know, the the money will come in time. We'll uh, we're just gonna keep plugging away and. Uh, and sharing what we know and, uh, you know, love those messages when we get you, that you guys send us, um, when you've, when you've picked up some information from, from us, or, or most of the time, more likely from our guests, <laughs> uh, that you've taken out to the field and it's helped you be more successful, man. We love hearing about that. So if, if that's your case, if, if you've picked up something on the show, that's helped you, uh, be successful out in the field, man, we'd love to hear about that as well. But yeah, I think with that, we'll, uh, We'll we'll jump into our Kentucky hunt here because it was uh, man, man, really really good time, really nice to to get away and just have a few day or well about five days there just to focus on nothing but turkey hunting, see a little bit different country than than we've seen or than I've seen in a while, and uh, you know it was all all new country for Robert and Evan, and uh, we just man we had a great time, uh, but I, let's get started. I'll just kind of throw some some questions your way <laughs> and uh and i'll you know i'll i'll chime in as well kind of my thoughts but i'd i'd like to just kind of hear from because we really hadn't talked about this uh personally uh, a whole lot about the you know we've talked about what a good time we had but um just i guess kind of going overall how did the trip compare to i guess your expectations going in uh, i'd probably say you know, it exceeded well above what I thought. You know, I, I figured going in, we would we would definitely, you know, get on birds. You know, it's springtime. It's kind of right in the middle of the mating season, you know. So I figured it wouldn't be a problem to find a bird or two. I did think it would be tougher than what it was um, as far as finding, you know, pockets of birds. I wasn't expecting um the first afternoon to you know get on a fired up bird and o- almost seal the deal within four hours of being there you know yeah um, yep. that it happened really fast and you know we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a little bit but you know it definitely exceeded my expectations um as far as what i thought going in um pressure wise you know i was expecting a lot more pressure than what we actually ran into i'm not saying there wasn't any because there was definitely people out hunting I mean, during the week and even on the weekend, but um, it was definitely a lot less than what I figured would be there, especially with such a short season. But, you know, we really never, well, I wouldn't even say we really never, we didn't have any issues with running into other hunters or fighting for the same bird or, you know, none of, or people coming in on us when a bird was gobbling, you know, we didn't have any of that while we were there. And I come back to Georgia for one day and I have it happen twice, you know. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it happens yeah. twice in one day here and it doesn't happen in six days at all there. So, um, it definitely exceeded my expectations, you know, from your end of things. What did, what, what were you expecting and what kind of on that scale, same scale, would you think? Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think it did exceed my expectations, I guess, as far as getting on birds. Um, a pressure is kind of funny. I, I'm kind of coming in from a different side of it, I guess, which it's, you know, it's been, it's been 10 years like since I've hunted 
Kentucky public land. I mean, I, you know, I'm originally from Kentucky, as most of the listeners probably know if you've listened very much. Um, I hadn't hunted this particular WMA. Uh, well, I say I say that I hunted it like one time a long time ago on a, on a camping trip, a family camping trip, just like in one day getting out there. But I, honestly, it was a tad. The pressure was maybe a tad higher than I was expecting, which okay. probably sounds sounds funny to you. Maybe not so much on the weekend, um, and and I guess s- Saturday was hard to judge because it you know it rained most of the day, right? And we got out there and got on a bird that morning and and didn't have any competition at all. So you know I can't certainly can't complain about that. I I was expecting you know some pressure on the weekends, but honestly, I figured during the week we'd pretty much have the place to ourselves, and that wasn't the case. But like you said, it was never an issue. It ain't like. Uh, we were running into other hunters in the woods. Um, you know, we, we'd see some parked here and there. Um, never did really have, I don't guess we ever had an encounter in the field, actually like, you know, walking into another hunter. We had a hunter that parked um, at an area where we were hunting because he didn't, we had parked up the road and he had came in and pulled into a little pull-off by where we were, uh, didn't know we were there. And we walked up and talked to him and, you know, no issue whatsoever. Guy was you know, super friendly. We, we, in fact, everybody we ran into was yeah. was friendly out there. I'm respectful of where you were at and everything. I think, I think the guy that one morning was that Saturday morning that that the guy pulled up on us. That was he what first morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't real happy about. You know, we told him we were at, at a fairly small access, and we, you know, kind of told him, he asked if there was room back here for more hunters, and we pretty much told him there was three of us. Pretty much told him, you know, that it would be pretty crowded back there with any more than what was already there and and he went on you know he didn't give but you could tell he wasn't happy about it um and you know if he went on in there there ain't much we could have done about it but he, he right. at least, like i said he was respectful about it went on and found another spot so we didn't you know it wasn't i don't the pressure wasn't bad at all obviously but i guess the weekday just uh, we've seen a few more vehicles and stuff on the weekday than i was kind of expecting but Overall, you know, it wasn't an issue. We definitely can't blame pressure on any anything uh, or or not being successful. Um, obviously, I went in hoping we would we would all kill a bird, and that didn't happen. You know, Evan was the only one that brought a bird home, but we certainly all had opportunities. Yeah. Um, so that you know that made it worthwhile. So it, it definitely, yeah, it, it exceeded my expectations. I mean, you know, I got to work more birds in that four and a half days or whatever that we hunted than than I've hunted all or than I've been on all season in Georgia, maybe the last two seasons. Uh, so it was, it was definitely worthwhile for sure. Worth the trip. And uh, yeah, good time. What, uh, would you think you kind of touched on it there, I guess a little bit right there at the end, as far as like the overall quality of the hunt, you know, as far as what you thought, Compared to Georgia, like I said, you just touched on it a little bit there, but maybe dive a little more in depth on that of, you know, the overall quality of the hunt. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, the the pressure overall was light. It was it, it definitely seemed to be lighter than than some of the WMAs I'm used to hunting here in Georgia. Uh, and, but man, you can't complain about the, the bird population now. I'd say it, it kind of evened out because the first two and a half days, man, we were on birds or I, I was on birds um, consistently. 
And then the last day and a half or so, I struggled a little more. Now, you and Evan still were able to, to get on some birds out there. I, I struggled a little more the last day and a half or so um, getting on a bird. Uh, we kind of got on them right there at the end. We found that right. found that group of three and kind of figured out what they were doing. Uh, unfortunately, we just had to, our time ran out before we, I, I believe if we had another day or so, we could, somebody would have killed one of those birds. Yeah. Um, if not, you well, know, doubled we, up on them. But well, we should have killed them <laughs> <laughs> when, when, yeah. we walked, when we walked out of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. When I walked out of the field and right up within 20 yards of them, they were standing out in the field. I had no clue they were there. And uh, here my gun is on my back, completely unloaded. So, yeah, that was that was definitely a miscue. Like I said, the, we definitely can't say we didn't have opportunities. And honestly, I feel pretty comfortable saying that a better turkey hunter than me uh, would have killed a couple of those birds that I got on yeah. um, a better caller. I, I, I do not claim to be a great turkey caller. Um, I'm not I, something I got to work on. I really got to work on the, that finesse calling, you know, the soft clucks and purrs and, and that kind of stuff. And I, I'm a yelper, a yelper and a, <laughs> a, a cutter, <laughs> but I really got to work on my soft calling and, and be a better turkey call. Cause I, I, those birds were killable. No doubt. Um, it just, uh, you know, man, they, they would, uh, they had a knack for coming in there and hanging up just out of view or, you know, 70, 80 yards out and just hanging up and gobbling and gobbling and gobbling. And, you know, looking back that we probably could have took some different strategy on a couple of those birds. Uh, but you know, that's how it is. It's easy to look back and say what you should have done, but right. You know, you had to make those decisions in the moment, and some of them weren't weren't the best that that I made. And uh, I, I definitely should have killed a bird on this trip. But and I think we all had our opportunities. Um, so, so with that, let's dive into that. Let's dive into the ultimate, I guess, hunt breakdown here of how it all started, and then we can kind of work through the week here of how each day played out. But um, if you want to get started with kind of kind of how it just started right there off the bat, you know what we did and what happened. Yeah, well, we we got there on a Friday about midday, I guess. We we got a pretty early start out here in Georgia. Got there about midday, and you know, got camp set up and everything. And we decided, hey, you know, we got half a day left here. Let's let's get out in the field and see if we can't at least locate some birds for that first morning. And so we we drove around. We were you know looking around, checking some different accesses and everything, and and went to one that I looked at on the map that I thought, you know, might get overlooked. It was a little bit more of a, a drive, a little more out of the way. And so we, we checked that out. Um, man, I can't remember. I mean, I don't think we had been there long and called and got this bird to respond. And, uh, you know, he, he was, he was pretty fired up. He was, he was gobbling at pretty much everything we were throwing at him. And we got slipped in to the point to where, Basically, this bird was just across a small green field from us. And, and the green field, of course, had a little kind of little hump to the middle of it. So we were set up on the edge of the woods on one side. He sounded like he was just inside the wood line on the other side. And, man, he gobbled and gobbled and gobbled. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we just thought for sure that at any time, you know, we were first I was being aggressive and then we were trying the silent treatment. We were throwing everything at him thinking, you know, sooner or later he's going to break and, and come across that little green field. Uh, but it just, it just didn't happen. Uh, he finally, heck it started getting fairly late in the evening. Uh, we got on that bird. It was probably about six, I think is what we said. Yeah. 
And I don't know, we were probably on him for an hour. Yeah. And uh, he finally shut up. I'm guessing he probably just started wandering off back to where he was going to roost. But, uh, or maybe he had a hen come in. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, looking back, I, I don't know. I don't know if we could have worked around and got on his side of the field there and, and been able to make a move um, or, or done something different. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it should have had you get back behind me further and, and do some calling from a distance. Again, it's easy to, to look back and say, you know, you should have done something different, but we, uh, we tried what we knew and it just, it just didn't work out, but that certainly was an exciting start to the trip. (laughs) (laughs) To get on a bird that quick right into the, at the beginning of the trip and, and not see anybody else out there. We were like, man, this is, uh, it's on. Right. Yeah. And, And man, that, that, uh, first morning didn't, uh, didn't start out, you know, any, any worse. I mean, it was, uh, right. we picked up pretty much where we left off. Um, I'm trying to think, yeah, that, that bird originally, we didn't hear him gobble over there where we set up, did we? He ended up, that was uh-huh. when we ended up hearing him off to the right. Yeah. Over toward those little fields. Was that, was that well, that the, morning? So, so the next morning we went in and our, our game plan was we were going to set up back on this same bird. And going into it, you know, we were talking about it on the way there. We were like, you know, there's a really good chance we could hear more than just that bird in this area, you know, because obviously people from the south, you know, know it's it's pretty tough to roost birds. I mean, down here in the southeast, you know, they don't gobble very well at night on the limb. You're, you're pretty lucky if you can get one to do it. And uh, so we knew that bird was there. So that was our game plan was go in there, get on him. He never gobbled on the limb. And actually, two two other birds started gobbling back up towards the main road. And we kind of looked at each other. And, you know, I was, think I said to you, you know, if we're going to make a move, let's go. You know, yeah. let's, let's make yep. it now. And we kind of all agreed, yeah, let's, let's go to those. They're gobbling. And they were gobbling really well on their own. And uh, so that was where we went from there was we moved to these other two birds that were gobbling, you know, not knowing in our mind if he moved up that way. Or if he just wasn't gobbling where he was at, or what the case may be. So we started moving that way, and I guess I'll let you take it back over. You know what we kind of did from that point where we decided, okay, let's go after these. Yeah, we well, basically we just kept slipping through the woods. You know, we we moved fifty yards or so, and then and stop and kind of set. You know, not set up, but just kind of stop there and wait, let him gobble. Or you know, there might have been some times in there where we actually called to him got him to gobble and just kept easing our way towards him and finally you know got set up there were some some little fields around us but we wasn't quite to the field but you know he wasn't in the field he, he was down over the hill from us and so we got set up to where he was pretty much straight below us or, or they were as two birds uh just hammering man just uh, again just hammering and and you know it sounded a couple different times it sounded like they were coming straight to us and they would they were just hung up down there. You know, again, sounded like probably 70, 80 yards off. And then we had sat there and it had gotten a little quiet. And I happened to look over to my right, and one of the birds had made its way into a little little green field there on us. Um, again, uh, probably 70, 80 yards off to my right. So I called just you know, not I called fairly light, and I watched him blow up into full strut and then back down. 
and then just for whatever reason that joker um just took off across that little field like you know i, I don't i still don't know what happened I, I don't know if he had already pegged me when i called and or seen movement or you know we've seen multiple coyotes and, and a bobcat in that area um as well while we were hunting that had come to call and so um you know that's maybe a coyote or something had slipped in there that we didn't see but something something bumped him and and he took off and that was the end of that and uh we decided to to split up and you stayed in there you were going to see i think you heard a, a bird gobbling off at a, even a distance didn't you the one kind of off in that direction right yeah and uh so you decided you were going to go for the, towards that one uh, meanwhile, me and Evan had heard the bird or a bird back towards where we had started that morning. So me and him headed back that way and, uh, we were able to, to get set up. On, I don't know if it was the same bird from Friday evening, but there was a, a bird in that same general area that had gotten fired up. Me and him set up on it. We slipped in there, got pretty close and sat down. And again, man, just like the evening before I, you know, tried to get aggressive and he was hammering, hammering everything. Everything I was calling, he was hammering, but he just wasn't getting any closer, man. He was out there at 60, 70 yards and, uh, you know, tried the silent treatment and and that didn't change anything. And I screwed up. I should have got Evan to move back, but instead I thought I could move forward a little bit because we were in some thick stuff and, and intentionally, I mean, I thought, you know, we weren't using decoys or anything. I intentionally set up in kind of some thick stuff because I wanted him to come looking for the hen in there and to the point to where when he you know, came into sight, he'd be in shotgun range, but, uh, it just wasn't working, but I thought it was thick enough to where I could move forward, you know, another 20, 30 yards and get set back up and, and maybe, you know, be able to get him in, in view. But, uh, evidently that, uh, he seen me during that process, knowing my luck, he was probably, he had probably broke and was coming my way when I decided I was going to move forward, but I got up. 30 yards or so in front of us set down and that bird never made another peep. So it was the gig was up on that one. Yeah. And, uh, from there. And man, we heard, I don't know how many different birds we heard that morning. It, it, there was rain coming in. It was, we, the whole day was supposed to be a wash, but we, we caught a little window there in the morning uh, when, when it wasn't raining and uh, the birds were just hammering all over the place. And, uh, but then, then the rain finally got there and we pretty much spent the day just, just driving around and glassing fields and, and kind of coming up with a game plan for the rest of the, the rest of the week, you know, looking right. at, uh, one thing we decided to do, uh, there's a lot of fields on the WMA itself, but we figured those were getting hunted pretty good. And so, uh, we, we drove around and was actually looking at private fields that bordered the WMA, um, you know, thinking if we could find birds, you know, strutting in some of these private fields, we could slip in behind, uh, you know, a little harder to access, uh, maybe a little more overlooked some of these, these accesses, these spots where we could slip in behind and and call those birds onto the the public land. But so that was our game plan. We did a lot of driving, seen a few birds, but not, not as many as I thought we might you know, on a rainy Saturday, but um, yeah. So I'll let you take over for Sunday because <laughs> my memory is uh, <laughs> I'll have to, I, I, I went, I guess Sunday's when we split up, wasn't it? The first time we kind of all split up. Uh, so, so like Brian said, Saturday, the rest of Saturday, we pretty much drove around, uh, glass for gosh, 
few hours, we probably burned through almost a tank of gas driving oh, around yeah. this place. Yeah. I mean, we drove, it drove, it drove, it drove. Finally decided to go get some lunch, so we did that. Uh, we went back to camp to eat lunch. Everybody's stuff. I got lucky. Oh man! As far as yeah, as far as you and Evan, I mean, y'all stuff was just soaking wet. Yep. I mean, our tents leaked and everything got soaked in the tent. Yeah, fun, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, pillows, <laughs> sheets, and it it wasn't warm on this trip to the last two days. So keep that in mind. It was the first few nights we were there. It was down like low forties um, at night. So. We definitely, we definitely were scrambling how to get this stuff dry. Like I said, I got lucky. Uh, the bottom of my sheets were wet, but they weren't where I could even feel them, you know. So I, I was able to get in, and I took a nap, took a big old nap for a few hours uh, <laughs> that first day, you know, because it was just pouring rain, and it poured and poured and poured. So finally it led up, and we decided to go to this pretty pronounced spot on this WMA that a lot of people know and a lot of people hunt, but heard that it holds a lot of birds so we went in there and uh couldn't couldn't ever get on anything or really see anything but my plan was i was going to go back the next morning and just oh, hike right. and just hike in there so we got up early the next morning went in there um a car pulled in right behind us and i kind of talked to the guy and in my mind you know i was like man do i really want to walk all the way down this place because if i don't hear a bird i'm just going to keep on going and by the time I know it, I'm going to be way back in here and I'm going to have to hike back out. But so the guy, I went over and talked to him and he said, uh, you know, he was he was planning on going uh, way back in there. So I just let them have said, well, y'all can have it. Uh, wasn't a hard decision. So I just hopped back in the truck and we initially went back to where uh, we'd got on the birds, you know, the last two days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Brian kind of let me take the reins that day. You know, he didn't have to, but he just kind of took the camera and let me kind of have a shot at this bird. And we got down in there, and sure enough, I mean, right break of day started breaking. He started lighting it up on the limb and was gobbling fairly well. I wouldn't say, you know, super, super hot, but he was gobbling well. And we got set up, and, you know, I gave out a few just soft tree yelps. And, I mean, he answered, and then... He was gobbling on his own. Maybe, what, 20, 30 minutes went by. did it again. He gobbled again. And uh, I actually could see him up in the tree. We were probably within 60 or 70 yards of where he was roosted. And it's funny, the the first couple yelps I did, uh, this coyote came charging across the field at me, and I had no idea. I never even saw it. And uh, Brian said it was running up pretty pretty pacely yeah, behind it was, me. It was headed your way pretty, <laughs> pretty fast there. And uh, luckily, Brian was trying to get the camera on it and it spooked the coyote and it turned around or I might have I might have been getting some claws to the back of the head. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't yell to warn him. I just I was worried about getting the camera around <laughs> where I could get all this on video. <laughs> and uh so but then not long after that I called again, like I said, maybe twenty minutes. And another coyote came across the field and was headed our way. And it tipped off kind of down the way the bird was and he flew down out of the tree. I, you know, we could hear him. No problem. Fly down. He hit the bottom. He gobbled, I think, once or twice, and then he went quiet. So I don't know if that coyote ate him up or spooked him pretty good to where he just wasn't gobbling no more because that coyote went right down to where he was. And so we we heard the bird back up where we initially saw the one the morning before um, on that same field. 
you know, that Brian was just talking about. He was up that way, and we kind of tried to move, you know, hit a crow call. He gobbled, moved again, hit a crow call. He gobbled, and then uh, got close. I think you hit an owl call one time. He gobbled at that, and then we got close to where we thought he was, and he never gobbled again. <laughs> so we pretty much called it there and said, well, let's just, you know, go to a couple of different spots and try to find something else that's, you know, wanting to work pretty well. And we talked to uh, a guy on the way out and he said he was on a bird right by the road that wasn't far from us, but we never heard it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he said it was coming right to him and uh, he got messed up by a car driving in because he was literally set up on the road. But, yeah. <laughs> but so we, we packed up, we went to a different spot. I can't remember where we went. Oh, that's where we, I think we went down to where we found that buck trail. No, that was the Saturday before. That was, or that was the day before. I can't remember where we went. We yeah, went, I know. It's, uh, it's all starting to blend together now. <laughs> I can't remember what spot we went to, but we had another spot that a guy had mentioned to us that, you know, normally is pretty good. And we had driven down in there once, but we didn't get out and call or anything. We had just kind of driven through there. So I told Brian, you know, I said, hey, let's let's go back in here and see if we can get on a bird. And so we went, we pulled in, we parked, we got out, we started walking and let out a few calls, didn't hear nothing. And literally right after we called a dude pretty close, I mean, let one rip, just pow, you know, and I was like, well, we were <laughs> we were in the ballpark, but we're just a little <laughs> late. And uh, it was definitely a shotgun shot. I mean, there was no question about that. It wasn't probably two or three minutes after he shot a bird just gobbled just on his own and oh he, yeah yeah that's right he was on the public so we we set up initially and it didn't take very long for me to look at brian and say no we're not in the right spot we got to go and because uh, he was way up on this ridge you know kind of close to private but there was no way we were going to call him down to where we were so we got up we made a move got in a spot pretty close i would say probably within 100 yards 150 yards of where he was at and we tried him for a little bit there and uh he just was not budging off that ridge top i mean he was just staying up there he was working like left to right you could hear him gobbling in different spots but he just was not coming down and i looked at brian and i was like we gotta go if we're gonna kill him we gotta get on his level and uh i know i know you were pretty skeptical about the decision with the encounter the day before pushing in on that bird <laughs> yeah. and bumping him you know brian was not a total fan of it but i i'm a pretty aggressive hunter in general you know when it comes to turkeys i i like to get in on them or at least try to make a move you know it's just how i hunt and so luckily though where he was at we had a creek below us we were able to drop down in and kind of stay hidden and work really close to where he was at and then it was pretty much a straight up rise you know ridge to where he was at on top so we were able to crawl up there and as luck would have it, I slip and fall, you know, not 20 <laughs> yep. yards into going up this ridge. My shotgun slams against the ground, and I look at Brian, and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is over. And uh, so we decided, you know, let, hey, let's keep going. And so we get just off the bottom of the, the edge of the ridge, and we set up and call, and, you know, nothing. And I look back at Brian, and I'm just shaking my head, you know, and disgusting myself of making that mistake. and. But luckily, it wasn't long after I turned around and looked at him, he gobbled again. And I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're still in the game. And uh, he gobbled once, and he was fairly close. He was probably 
If I had to guess, probably 70 yards maybe over the ridge. Yeah, he wasn't far. He and, wasn't uh, far at all. He kind of went quiet for a little bit and let out a few soft yelps. I think Brian did. I think I looked back at him and said, hey, let out some yelps. And I thought I heard him blow up and start drumming and spitting right there in front of us. And I, But I wasn't sure, so I didn't say nothing. I just thought I heard you know, the distinct, distinct sound of him blowing up. And then he let out a gobble, and when he did, I mean, he was close. <laughs> and uh, me and Brian kind of both were like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was a done deal. I thought he was going to come over the edge and drop down in on us. And a little while went by, and next time he gobbled, he was way off to our right over near the the private land. So um, got real close there, and we moved around on <laughs> We, we we thought he was up on this ridge by this private field. This is hilarious. Oh, you're going to tell on yourself. Now. Yeah, I, 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 wasn't <laughs> gonna, I wasn't going to tell on you, but if you're going to tell. <laughs> I, I got to. It's too funny not to. So me and Brian start working up this ridge over here to the right of where we're at. It kind of drops down and then goes back up this other side. And there's a private field back there. And we're walking along and I'm, I'm kind of looking up at the field. And I just drop down to my knees and I turn around. And I'm like, Brian, he's strutting right here in the field. <laughs> and all I can see is this, you know, this like a black fan, you know, it's fanned out. And then I can just see this white thing in the middle of it, just shaking back and forth. And I'm like, man, he's just up there shaking his snood back and forth, you know? <laughs> and Brian's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he's just, he's just shaking his head. I don't know what he's doing. So like we're sitting there and I crawl up to this tree and I call and he's, he's not gobbling or nothing. So I'm figuring he's just out in the field, just strutting, you know, waiting for us to come to him. And I kind of peek my head up, and I just see that white thing just swinging again. I'm like, dang, I'm not. I turn around and tell Brian, I'm like, man, he's just up there shaking his head like it's going out <laughs> of style, you know? And oh, so uh, we, uh, I kind of moved around the front side of the tree so I could get my shotgun set up and stuff because I figured at any moment, you know, he was going to pop up at the fence. And I think I cut real hard on the call, and when I did, he gobbled way off to the left back over towards the other ridge that we were just at and uh, I stand up and it's a horse in this field <laughs> and it's a white tail and it, the horse is shaking its tail back and forth, but you would just have to see it to understand <laughs> what I saw was a perfectly oh. large gobbler standing there just shaking his snood back and forth. Well, I'm glad and, you didn't shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, yeah, so we, we laughed about that for a good while and <laughs> we, we tried to move on the bird again, but by that time he was he had moved well off on the private way up way across this drainage on this ridge and uh Yeah. That, that that's one bird. I don't know anything we could have done differently. Um like you said, I was a little hesitant to get try to get in tight on him like we did, but that worked. I mean that part worked. We got in there without bumping him and and had him like you said so close it, it I felt like he just all he needed to do was pop his head up off over the rise of the, the lip of that ridge there and you'd have had a shot. But um yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't to be and and really there was no way we could have got around on him any differently because you know, we right. were we were running into uh basically property lines, you know, we just couldn't we couldn't get around on the other side of him and, and stay on the public land. And obviously we were going to stay on the public land. Uh, we were watching you know, watching that stuff closely, but, uh, 
it just that one just wasn't meant to be. Like I said, I don't I don't really know anything we could have done differently on that. But right. So uh, from there, I think we went back and ate lunch, and we we tried a couple different spots and didn't strike anything else up the rest of the day. And uh, well, we we uh, dropped Evan off at a spot that day, and he decided he wanted to go scout. And uh, the wasn't the thing about the spot was it was kind of a it was kind of the perfect scenario. And if we would have found it quicker, we might have ended up killing two birds out of there. But there was no way to park there unless you did it illegally because there was this one slither of public you could park on and that you just couldn't park there. It wasn't yeah, possible. Yeah, you, the, you just couldn't pull off the road. Uh, right. Yeah. So the the only way to come in was by a completely different way. And I don't want to say too much to kind of give away, you know, where <laughs> yeah. we were, but a completely different style of coming in or be dropped off. Um, and that's what we ended up doing with Evan. We dropped him off and, uh, he went in there. I mean, you went to a couple of different spots, you know, scattered around. And then we went back to try to set up on the original birds that we were on and, you know, didn't have any luck and, uh, called it a day from there. And then, the next morning, kind of, I mean, just left off right where we had been, you know, starting every day off. It's just, you know, on fire pretty much. For you uh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it had slowed yeah. down for you at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went back to the original spot again and, and probably, well, I don't know. I don't want to say I shouldn't have because evidently somebody ended up killing birds in there. Yeah. We, we found the remains, but Anyway, there. I went back to the original spot. Uh, just could not get on a bird that next morning. Uh, Evan went back to the spot you had just described because he found a lot of really good sign in there. And uh, you went back to the spot where you had worked that bird that you know you were just talking about there. The um, the bird that turned into the horses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you went back there, and so I, I'll let you tell that part because, like I said, I I don't have anything to report there. I I couldn't get on a bird back in that original spot. Uh, I worked that ridge up and down, and just uh, for whatever reason, they just were not gobbling that that morning for me. So uh, yeah, like Brian said, I I went back to where we got on that bird midday the day before. Uh, got there, nobody was there, so was pleased with that, and uh. Set in the truck for a little bit. I know Brown was probably a little cold because we did a few drop-offs, you know, and I think we dropped him and Evan off pretty dang early, and it was pretty chilly that morning. So uh, I was lucky enough I got to sit in the truck in the heat till I decided <laughs> to get out. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, so I, you know, started to turn a little bit, got out, got my stuff, started heading back close, you know, to where I thought that bird was. And sure enough, he started gobbling. He was up on that same ridge, just a little further up it, kind of on the main point of it and uh kind of where me and brian set up on him the day before was kind of like a secondary point off this main ridge that was going up and he was at the very top the next morning gobbling up there and so i worked down pretty close to where we set up on the day before and i just started cutting up right to where he was at and got in a good spot you know what i thought was a good spot and turned out to be a good spot but (laughs) Uh, he was gobbling on me, lighting it up, heard him hit the ground and could hear him just, you know, what I assume he was strutting back and forth on that ridge left to right. And he was gobbling, I mean, nonstop, just everything, every crow, every cow moo, every call, anything that I threw at him, he was gobbling. 
And I could just hear him left, right, left, right, left, right. He'd gobble on the right, gobble on the left, gobble on the right. I figured eventually, you know, something was going to have to give. I was going to have to make a move or uh, he was going to have to eventually work off or come my way. And so I got real quiet on him uh, for probably 10 or 15 minutes. And then I let out some yelps. And when I did, he cut me off and he was a lot closer then. And I was like, okay, you know, he's coming. And probably went a few seconds later, I looked up to the right on the ridge, on the face of this ridge, and I seen, you know, a black dot up there. I was like, okay, that looks like a bird. And then it, he blew up in the full strut, and I was like, okay, that's him, you know. And he blew up in the full strut, and he strutted around for a few seconds. And then when he dropped down, he just instantly started walking my way. And, you know, I could see his beard at that point, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is full-grown bird here. He had a really nice beard. And he was coming down the ridge right to me, and there was this big white oak in front of me. And I remember when I was sitting there earlier that morning, I was like, man, I got to get to that white oak. If I can get to that white oak and set up on it, I'll be able to seal the deal. And I just got I got a little hesitant because I knew he probably had a good view down that ridge, and it was pretty daylight at this point. I was like, I just don't want to make that move and him end up being up there on the edge and see me you know, working up towards that tree. Yeah. And so I stayed where I was and here, here he come down the ridge was coming right to me and he got behind that big white Oak and I lost sight of him. And, but the way he was angling down the ridge was like, he was going to come out on the left-hand side of it. So I just kind of eased my gun around to the left-hand side of it. And I said, well, when he steps around, takes a few more steps, I'll, you know, I'll take him right there. And he never popped out. And I was like, Dad, gum, you know what? what the world and i seen something move to my right and i looked to the right and here come a bird around the right side of the tree and this bird's walking you know right to me pretty much and i can't make out no beard nothing like when it first came around the tree it was just walking like a normal turkey would you know just kind of head straight forward you know not up in the air just kind of straight forward just walking and i figured then you know most of the time if a gobbler's walking like that you know you can see their beard hanging down swinging and never could see it never could make it out nothing and i was like well that gum you know is that him or not so i got the gun ease that way and uh bird got really really close and just stopped and put its head straight up in the air and still it couldn't make out no beard no coloration in the head or neck it was just dull gray um you know there wasn't any gobble i don't know what you call that those things but you know they got those two round things yeah at the base of their neck yeah i couldn't see that nope no red in the neck no blue in the head nothing you know nothing indicated that this bird was a gobbler and uh we had to stare down for the longest time and i I had my bead on its head you know just below the head in the neck area and i was sitting there and you know i was contemplating shooting it and i just couldn't bring myself to do it because i obviously didn't want to shoot it and it turned out to be a hen uh because you know then we'd have had a bigger problem on our hands <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh i didn't i didn't pull the trigger um decided against it and it ended up spooking and flying off and still i don't know even when it flew off you know i couldn't make out no beard or nothing so i don't know if if he just completely shut his colors down in his head you know sometimes i know that you know obviously they change colors but i figured that close, I would have made out something that would have gave me an indication that there was a gobbler. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, whether whether I'd have seen the beard hanging down or I'd have seen some kind of red or blue in its head, neck area, something to say, okay, this is him. And if I would have got the slightest indication, you know, it would have been game over. I mean, it's standing right there at nine yards. Um, and I know that sounds crazy to the listeners. What, nine yards? How could you not tell what it was, you know? But it just – I just never got the indication that it was him, so I didn't pull the trigger and still don't know to this day if it was him or not. It could have been. could have not been. Um, but then, like I said, ended up flying off and um, – tail is still there of whether it was or not because <laughs> i went back the next day and he didn't gobble in there so yeah. i don't know if i spooked him if it was him and he spooked or somebody went in later that day and killed him or what the deal was but um so yeah, that was kind of yeah. it for me but it was exciting i mean you can't you can't ask for much more to get set up on one he flies down he's gobbling like crazy he's strutting coming right to you and then he breaks and he's coming right to you i mean obviously the only other thing you could ask for was to get a shot off. But, <laughs> Pull that trigger. Right. But as far as, you know, the the whole scene in general of him strutting on the hillside, gobbling his head off, I mean, that's that's what you do it for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you definitely made the right call there. Uh, you know, you don't ne- don't ever want to – don't ever want to pull that trigger unless you know 100%, right. you know, what you're shooting is, is a legal bird. So – right. Yeah, definitely so, called it. And that, of course, that was the morning that Evan went in there to that spot and sure enough, <laughs> um, got on a couple different birds gobbling. I think they had, they'd gone quiet on him and he had set up and, uh, this bird, it, it gobbled some earlier, but it's, I, I believe the way he talked, you know, it kind of came in quiet and, uh, yeah, he was able to bust that bird, a, a three-year-old bird and, um, Yeah. I was glad we were, we were just glad for somebody to finally, you know, right. break that ice and, and get a bird under their belt. And, uh, you know, I was definitely, definitely glad that Evan had that opportunity. He, he picked a good spot, no doubt. I mean, that was the t- type of places we were looking for those harder to access places where you could get in behind private fields and, right. uh, paid off for him. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny when we dropped him off, I think me and you both looked at each other and was like, yeah, he'll kill one in there. Yeah. 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 Sure oh, enough, yeah, we knew. The the funny thing is, though, I I picked you up after that bird, you know, never showed up or busted out or whatever happened there. You know, I don't, I still don't know. Like I said, but I text you and you were like, yeah, you know, come get me. And we hopped around a bunch of different spots trying to just strike one up. And it was pretty late. I mean, twelve o'clock or so, I think. And Evan was finally like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And so we drove over there and got him and pulled up. And, Sure enough, there was a bird in his face, but <laughs> yeah. we, had, we had no idea. And uh, come to find, he shot the thing at like nine o'clock. It had been like three hours since he shot it, but um, but yeah. So that I mean, that was cool. I was happy for him, you know, that at least he was able to get one. And um, I know for you know, obviously, like we said, we would all like to get one. But me, me and you, we've killed plenty of birds. Um, you know, we've been hunting a lot, oh, yeah. long, lot longer than he has, and we've we've killed our fair share and been part of a fair share that's been killed. Whereas for him, I think that's you know his second long beard ever. So you know, it's just good to see that you know at least somebody got one. And you no, know. oh yeah, yeah, he was he was fired up, and uh, you know that's what it's all about. So uh, he's definitely, I'm sure he's got the traveling bug now, man. He's gonna. <laughs> He's gonna want to be making those trips oh, ever, ever spring. 
Yep. But I guess, uh, you know, it, it pretty, pretty much went dry from there. The, the next day we struggled really bad. None of us, I think, well, I think Evan heard one bird one time. And then me and you, we didn't hear a bird at all. I did see a strutter and, uh, and we kind of ate some lunch and made a game plan or I picked you up. I went over there. Um, I went back to the spot where I got on the bird the day before he didn't gobble, didn't hear any gobbles in that area. So I didn't stay very long cause we were running out of time, you know, getting down to the wire. And I told you that morning, Hey, if he's not gobbling, I'm moving real quick somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't gobble, didn't hear any in the distance gobble. So I packed up, got out of there, went to a spot that a guy had given us a tip about that. He had killed a bird, uh, not too far from here and thought there was a few more birds in this area. And so I went over there. Sure enough, there's a strutter strutting in the field with a hen. And I tried to get set up on him. Think that he ended up seeing me get out of the truck. So I think it was over well before it started. But <laughs> um, I came and got you. And I think we went to another spot. And we tried it. Didn't have no luck. And we decided, well, let's go back over there for a little mid-morning and see yeah. if we can fire one up. And I kind of let you <laughs> let you tell the tale of what happened there. Oh man. Well, we went back in there and I don't think we never did hear a gobble back in there, did we? The, uh-uh. That was the, the wind had picked up some, it was getting hard. You know, if one had gobbled it, it'd have been pretty tough to hear it. And, uh, so yeah, we, we got all back in there behind the, the bird that he had seen strutting with a hen was actually on private. And so we were getting in the woods back kind of behind that field, trying to see if we couldn't strike him up. Cause, um, you know, we figured that was really the only woods around there. He had to have been, he had to have been spending time on the, on the public land because the private was all open, but we never did hear any birds, uh, went back in their ways. So we were coming back out and we got back to the, the corner of the field to where, I mean, our, our truck was literally parked, what, maybe a hundred yards away, um, in this, in the corner of this field. And we step out of the wood, or I step, Robert had stopped to to take a leak. And uh, <laughs> I stepped out into the field and there stood at least one long beard. Uh, it was three male birds. And I, I've seen the beard on, on one of them. And uh, I, I'm thinking after what we seen later, it was two long beards and a Jake, but just standing there in the field and I got my gun on my bike. It's not even loaded because, you know, we'd been walking around through the woods and stuff and it was fairly thick in there. So I didn't, I didn't have my gun loaded. You know, we weren't on a bird. And so, yeah, we're just having a stare down there. And, uh, the, the birds, you know, I was expecting them as soon as I stepped out of the field to just, when I, once I seen them, I was expecting them just to bust out of there at any time, but they really just stood there for a second. I'm like looking back at Robert, like, Hey, <laughs> is your gun loaded? <laughs> but, uh, by the time Robert got up there, they had already, they took off, which they really, they never did like really bust out of there. They just kind of, you know, started quick stepping it up the field edge. And, uh, Robert kind of slipped up there. I let him get in front of me cause this is kind of his hunt, his spot. And he slipped up, loaded his gun, slipped up the edge there thinking maybe we, cause you couldn't see our truck from the back corner there. There was a, a hump in the field and we thought they might be standing right up there still in the field, you know, over that hump. But when we got over the hump, you know, they were nowhere to be seen there. We went over and looked across, uh, looked through the trees onto the private land, and they were they were well onto the private land. They'd made their way across that pasture pretty quick. And uh, but we knew, 
you know, we knew where three birds were at that point. So, um, you know, ended up, was that, I guess that was later that evening we went back in there, wasn't it? Yeah, it says the last afternoon. Yeah, last evening. So we we gave them birds some time to settle back down, and uh, all three of us went back in there. And sure enough, we got down there, and all three birds were out in the field, and um, with with I think two hens, and you know a couple of them strutting, and uh, so again we tried to tried to put the sneak on them, worked our way around. You know, never did. Did they ever gobble? I don't think they ever did gobble. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No, yeah, we just tried to tried to put the sneak on them. Got all the way around to the back side of this private property, which was a pretty good hike in there, and uh, ended up topping the hill. And uh, Robert was a little bit ahead of me and Evan, and topped the hill. and And they were standing right there uh, on the edge of where the public and the private met. And uh, they got out of there. They they knew the gig was up. Got out of there. And uh, that that was really kind of the closeout of our our hunt, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Looking back, you know, we, we probably could have played that a little differently. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, I'm a real aggressive hunter as it is when it comes to turkeys. I don't like to sit around and wait too long. And especially with it being the last afternoon, I my mindset was, okay, we're, we're out of time. So if we're going to make it happen, we got to make it happen. You know, we got to try to get as close as we possibly can. We, we pretty much knew where these birds were going. Um we kind of talked about it on the map and kind of knew exactly where they were headed. But as Brian mentioned, you know, we just popped out in the wrong spot or I did. Um, like Brian said, they were a little bit behind me and, uh, and they were standing right there. And, you know, our plan was, it's not like I was just going in there to kill a bird. It was, we were really hoping we could set up me and Brian in the same spot and hoping that all the birds were going to come in at one time and we could take two you know, at yeah. the same time, um, or we were going to play it. If they came in on the left, you know, Brian was going to take the shot. If they came in on the right, I was going to take the shot. Um, so it's not like I was just like, <laughs> Hey guys, you know, we found this birds and, you know, try to hold it on my own. That wasn't the case at all. You <laughs> no, know, it was, no. it was, uh, it was whoever could get it, could get it. And if we both ended up getting one, you know, that much better. And we ended up spooking them and we, kind of got fired up you know the next morning we were like yeah you know we'll go and you know try to get one more shot but i think we all laid in bed waiting for the other one to get up you know like well <laughs> yeah. if they get up i'll get up and i think brian and evan did the same thing kind of like well i'll just lay here till somebody gets up and none of us ended up moving and uh we ended up calling it you know we didn't go and you know who knows if we would have if it would have panned out or not but with the pretty good long drive back to georgia it was probably best that we slept in uh, those few extra hours that we did <laughs> yeah yeah that and we had rain moving in which which it, it didn't get in as quick as they were initially saying but it did get in there right as we were leaving and you know if we'd hunted that morning we'd have probably been packing up our gear and stuff in the rain and it would have just made it all that more of a mess but right yeah uh, it, we i think uh, definitely we were wore down after uh, four or five yeah. days of uh, 4 a.m. wake ups and uh, hunting all day, pretty much every day. Um, I know I can't remember now, but we, our tally was up there. Just look, following on my my 
smartphone, we were up to, I don't know, like 30 miles of walking in those, in those four and a half or whatever days, uh, we were, we were definitely putting in the, the boot leather. Right. So I guess the ultimate question here, cause that kind of wraps up our, you know, the recap of day by day. And, uh, for people that are still tuned in listening, you know, we, <laughs> we appreciate it. We know it's just, you know, kind of been drawn out, but, you know, trying to go through each day and tell y'all what happened. But the ultimate reason we went on this trip was for a deer, um, was to start scouting for a uh, bow season. We're going back and going to hunt the early bow season and, you know, hopefully score on a velvet buck. But so that was the initial reason we were going, but we figured while we were going, heck, why not, you know, make a turkey trip out of it, see if we can bag a few birds. So, oh, yeah. um, I know, as you've mentioned, you know, multiple times, a lot of people know you're from Kentucky, but as far as deer sign, deer trails, deer sightings, you know, leading up to, uh, like I mentioned, our 120 days or so, we'll be back in the tree up there. What would you think about the deer, deer oh, side of things? Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely got me fired up. Um, man, we've seen a ton of sign. Um, man, just the the amount of deer sign in general was was extremely impressive. Probably seen one of the heaviest used deer trails I've ever seen in my life. And uh, in, in a spot that, you know, behind the list to try to get in there and scout and hunt because it wasn't like a an easy access or wasn't, wasn't necessarily a different, uh, difficult access, but it was a place that I think most people wouldn't think to really get down in there. And, uh, so yeah, an impressive amount of deer sign. Now we didn't, I never did see, like, we seen a lot of rubs and some old scrapes and stuff. Never did see any, like, you know, that just stood out as, oh yeah, that was made by, you know, giant buck, but one fifty. Yeah, 150. Uh, we just seen 150 sign, but <laughs> but there was plenty of deer sign, and I know there's some good bucks in the area. I know there's some good bucks on this tract of public land. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, and we the good thing is we we put in so much time, not only walking but just uh, like that Saturday where we did so much driving. I think we pretty much hit every possible access on this WMA. Right. I mean, we kind of we we were we've familiarized ourselves with it um extremely well um i think we got a pretty good idea of where a lot of the pressure will be and uh you know got some got some pretty good idea of some out of the way spots that we definitely want to want to keep an eye on uh i've already started doing a little map scouting since we got back i think that helps that we've laid our eyes on it and kind of see how it's laid out and all these different accesses now you can kind of go back and, and really dive into the map scouting part of it and, uh, you know, dig deeper into those spots, look at some different habitat stuff, some different, you know, maybe private land where, where there may be some, some bean fields and stuff this fall on private land that's adjacent to the public. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's, it's all going to be a game of, I guess, the pressure and, and that's what i don't know exactly what to expect i'm sure there'll be a good bit of pressure on this place but i don't know how much to expect and i guess we we won't know until we get down there and and see for ourselves but i think we i think we can get away from the crowd and uh get on some deer yeah i really like the the one spot obviously that you were talking about there at the beginning 
And I like the one, you know, without once again, well, it, it would almost be impossible to find it on a map unless you knew there we were talking about but where we were driving on the main road and there was that trail coming out of the left off the public going across the street to the private which was going to be a soybean field by that power pole yeah Um, yeah yeah i really like that spot i think that's one of those areas you know most guys are going to drive by it and not even think twice about it um but the deer were definitely coming out of there going across the street so um that's one i'm gonna keep in mind and I know there was a couple thickets and stuff and some areas that will probably get hunted really hard um, just based off the fields and stuff that are there. But we found a few thickets within these areas that I don't think many people are going to go into. But with that, you know, like the the one thicket we walked up to um, in between those fields, that deer trail was just beat down going into it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so definitely some areas. I think we have some good ideas, obviously, hopefully maybe can glass some fields the day before or whatever the case, you know, try to get an idea of some of these spots um, and go from there. Um, I'm real excited as well. I mean, we definitely saw more deer driving around the WMA than you ever would on a Georgia WMA. I mean, especially close to dark. I mean, you drive any road on the WMA and see deer and then, yeah, yeah. you know, in Georgia, you might be looking to see one or two. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's no doubt the density the deer density is high on that that WMA. Um, I've, of course, you know we've seen a ton of sign on that Alabama one too. So I don't want to yeah <laughs> I, I don't want to put my hopes up too high, but I, I just feel like we can definitely get in there and kill a deer. Um, yeah, well, you know the question will be whether we can get in there and and kill a, a good mature buck. But yeah, we're definitely definitely well, gonna give it our shot. Well, I'm not gonna say too much because we figured we would kill a deer and. Alabama. Yeah. And yeah. We didn't even see a deer. So. <laughs> from, not from the stand. So we're hoping it's going to go a lot better than that trip. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's going to. Uh, Which I'm going to go ahead and call it now. I would like to get back to Alabama this year. Um, obviously, we'll get more into detail as deer season gets closer on where trips we're thinking about taking and spots, but I would like to get back over there and try to redeem ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. Yep, so definitely got to do that. There's a deer to be killed. Maybe we hit it at the wrong time or whatever the case, but so, yep. but man, I don't, I don't really know if I got anything else that kind of wraps it up. I had a blast. I uh, really enjoyed, you know, getting out and camping for a few days and um, getting amped up, you know, for deer season now, pretty much, I guess, like you said, break the dust off the bow here for too long and start dialing it in and probably run it to the shop and you know just get a good run through through it make sure everything's good to go and um probably work on fletching a couple errors um that some fletchings came off of while target shooting put new fletchings on those and all that good jazz i think i'm good broadhead wise think i'm gonna stick with what i got um they performed pretty well for you last year and performed well for the one coyote i shot last year so (laughs) um you know, so I think I'm going to run with my, my current arrow set up and stuff and, um, you know, probably look at maybe size packing down a little bit, maybe a new fluid head for the camera, a little lighter fluid head and um, all that stuff. But that will be coming up here soon, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we got, we got uh, Michael Chamberlain coming up. 
and uh, another guy, Public Land Turkey Killer, and that'll, like I said, that'll that'll pretty much end our our turkey episodes, and then we're gonna roll right into deer, man. Start talking deer, and I'm looking forward to that. And on that note, guys, if you got somebody that you'd like to hear on the podcast, you know, if you know somebody who's um, regularly, you know, successful on on deer, on on big mature bucks, uh, whether it's public land or private land, uh, let us know. You know, shoot us a message on social media, or you can always send us an email. Uh, again, I've mentioned this before, but email is really easy. It's Brian at GeorgiaField.com or Robert at georgiafield.com to to reach us um yeah just give us give us those suggestions and uh we're gonna start lining those up and, and cranking out deer episodes here before you know it yep so but yeah I, I, the only other thing we got a couple of uh couple of reviews here that's come in it's been a while since we've read any of these and we have a couple new ones i wanted to hit on here real quick and uh one of them's short and sweet here um uh, and man, I, I don't know where this username come from, but <clears throat> it's B F B J A J S N N S N A B S. So I have no idea what that's that's supposed to mean, but uh, it said love the show, so we appreciate that. And uh, another one, dropping Drake's outdoor. Nope, dropping Drake Southern Apparel. There we go. Dropping Drake Southern Apparel wrote awesome podcast. Love listening while driving during the workday. It gets me super hyped up and ready to hit the woods. So we appreciate that, man. Appreciate the the uh, the ratings and reviews. If you haven't left us a rating or review, just uh, we would appreciate it. Just takes just takes a second, especially the rating part. Just head over to Apple Podcast, up Georgia Field, give us a five star uh, rating. We'd appreciate that. Uh, but man, if you take a minute and leave us a review, uh, we'll, we definitely enjoy reading those and, uh, we'll read it off here on the podcast as long as you're not mean to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We ain't reading those. No, uh, uh-uh. we're going to, nah, you guys, you guys have been good to us. Uh, we, we hadn't, we hadn't had too many, uh, mean ones to have to worry about. So, uh, yeah. and seriously, like Brian said, let us know any guests, um, that you'd like to hear on the podcast. That way we can go ahead and get those rolling and have those lined up and ready for when our deer, deer content starts rolling back around. So with that, Brian, man, I, I ain't got nothing else. Oh, I think guys with that, that's a wrap. Well, we'll, we'll wrap this one up and uh, looking forward to talking to Michael Chamberlain here in, in another week. And I know you guys will definitely enjoy that one, man. The guys just a a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, to turkey biology and, and turkeys in general. So we're going to be sharing a lot of information from that, but, with that guys as always hunt safe shoot straight and most importantly hey just enjoy your time out there in god's great outdoors we'll see you right here next week